Welcome to the Sages Among Us. What makes a community great? Most importantly, it's the people who live and work there and are engaged in community life. The Sages Among Us focuses on those people, what they do and why they do it, and celebrates the leadership, time, and energy they bring to making a positive difference for all of us. And good evening. I'm Holly Grimaldi Flores, and you are listening to The Sages Among Us. My guest this evening is Kimberly Parker, a name well known in Nevada County, but in a new role. Kimberly, for 22 years, was with Sierra Nevada Memorial Hospital Foundation as its executive director since 2005, but she recently took a position in Nevada County to create the first ever economic development office. And Kimberly, while I said I was probably going to read through your bio, I think instead I'm going to let you tell us about you a little bit more thoroughly, starting with how does one become an executive director of a foundation. I know your background was Crocker Museum, right? Yeah, I have a very I have a very eclectic background and you know, to many people it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, I actually started my early working career as a high school teacher uh, and um, uh, in surprisingly, probably to some, in theater arts, uh, and I was an English teacher as well. Did not know that. Yes, um, back, back, big background in the arts. Uh, I moved to you know California, and um, when I you know first started working, I was fortunate to get hired. Uh, as assistant director for an organization at that time that was the California Confederation for the Arts. And that was an interesting organization because it worked with arts organizations and artists throughout the state of California. Uh, it did a lot of advocacy at the state capitol. That's where I really, um, you know, got my teeth around, you know, the legislative um, side of my knowledge. And um, we were also kind of the watchdog organization at the time for the California Arts Council. Uh, and so I was there um, for a few years, and then a dear friend of mine who happened to be the president of that board, uh, Bill Moskin, approached me. He was a private consultant, and one of his jobs was the Sacramento Zoo. And he said, Kimberly, I don't know how you feel about being here forever, but I there's a job at the Sacramento Zoo I think you'd be perfect for. Uh, and so I did. I interviewed for it, and it was as a development director uh, and I had never done fundraising at that point. And I mean, I'd been with a nonprofit. The Confederation was a nonprofit. Um, but I thought, okay, well, this will be okay. I'll just call other zoos and talk to their person and find out how to do this. Uh, until I got there and two <laughs> interesting things happened. Number one, the um, calls that I made really quickly showed me there were no zoos with development directors. Oh, no. <laughs> um, uh, I was one of the first. Um, San Diego Zoo had a development director, and I came across, I think, at that time, one other development director. Uh, and so I was like, okay, you know, just going to have to figure this out. Uh, and um, the other thing that happened is within a couple months of my starting, um, Steve Taylor, who was the zoo director, and honestly one of the reasons I went there, he was an amazing zoo director and an amazing man, um, he left. 
Oops. And he actually <laughs> went back to Cleveland Zoo in Ohio, which is where I grew up. And so I wondered why he was asking me all these questions about Cleveland and if I liked it and all these different things. And, Ulterior motive the and, whole time. And even though I only worked with him for a couple months, um, you know, I was at the zoo for well over 10 years. And even beyond that, I kept in touch with him, went, actually went back to the zoo a couple times. And it was really fun. Um, and I, when I left there after, I think it was about nine or 10 years, um, I just went into something completely different, and that was I became the executive director of the California Building Industry Foundation. Um, and <laughs> I don't get that connection. <laughs> <laughs> that was a statewide um, a foundation that worked with primarily home builders in the state of California and um, raised money um, for a lot of different things. Uh, our, the primary focus and missions was to work with the building industry associations um, throughout the state um, to provide seminars, education, classes, etc. Um, we did a huge event um, in um, San Francisco every year called the California um, Builder Building Industry um, Foundation Hall of Fame. Um, but I actually worked um, with about 60 colleges and universities in the state of California um, to give scholarships out uh, in, industri in industry-related kinds of things. So there has always been a philanthropic arm to the work that you've done. Were you raised to be that way? You know, to an extent I was. Um, I, you know, grew up in a very um, typical, probably upper middle class, um, Midwestern family. Um, I know I definitely, you know, got the love of the arts, you know, influenced by that by my family. My mom and dad, you know, they were, um, you know, they were, they went to a lot of cultural plays and, and such. Um, and then that kind of got furthered for me in, um, college, you know, when I majored in theater. Um, and I just, you know, it's it's always kind of been in my heart. I come from a generous family. Uh, and I um, love seeing the good that, um, you know, philanthropic effort can do. Uh, and I also feel in, you know, most philanthropic efforts, you can see the result. And there's right. some like, you know, incredible gratification, whatever, you know, your heart is for something, you know, whether, you know, it's hospitals or animals or children or whatever. Um, just that feeling that you get when, you know, you know, you've helped someone or something. And I guess with your first job with teaching would have had that aspect to it. Obviously, the zoo, um, a lot of different ways. Yes. Then the building industry. How did one end up in Nevada County? Well, I didn't go straight from there to Nevada County, actually. Um, you know, what was really interesting, when I started with the um, building industry, I had young children. And, um, you know, to be very honest, when I took over the organization, it had a terrible reputation in the state. There had been some problems. Um, and so um, my phone wasn't ringing a whole lot. Um, but I kind of called myself the Maytag repair person of <laughs> that job because, um, you know, after kind of we got going, um, what ended up happening, because I really enjoyed that job a lot, but I started to get called to go all over the state pretty regularly. And like when I was going, I was leaving on a Sunday and coming home on a Friday. And I realized fairly quickly that with young, you know, children at home, that really didn't um, feel good and match to kind of what I wanted my priorities priorities to be. Uh, and so I then went to um, the Crocker Art Museum. 
and um, had kind of a, a really interesting time there. Um, uh, kind of similar. I, I think I learned over time I don't always ask the right questions um, because I got to the Crocker um, uh, I noticed pretty quickly that um, there weren't a lot of senior executives there at that time. And three months later, um, I'll just say the museum director at that time was gone. Mm. And um, the curator, um, in that case, um, when there's no museum director, is a city employee. And so because of the city nonprofit partnership, the curator becomes the um, uh, museum director, and that was Jan Dreisbach. She was fantastic. She knew art inside and out, um, but she came to me pretty quickly and is like, I, you know, I know all the art side. I don't know the nonprofit side, and so I kind of, you know, took on, you know, managing a lot of that. And quite honestly, we thought it would be, you know, six months, and it ended up being 22 months before they really got a new uh, museum director on. And so, and then Lyle Jones was hired there, and I worked with, with her for a couple years. And again, I began, my kids were in school, you know, we were living in Rockland at the time, and started to think about the fact that drive down the hill, I couldn't take them to school. And honestly, that's, that's when my husband and I started talking, and I said, I want to go somewhere I live and work in the same community. And interestingly enough, um, a week later, I got called by an executive search company for the job <laughs> up here. And brought you to Nevada County. My guest tonight is Kimberly Parker. We're talking about her life and times that brought her to where she is today after 22 years leaving the Sierra Nevada Memorial Hospital Foundation and taking on a new role at the county. One of the things that I'm hearing throughout all of these jobs is that your intention to reach out. So you're a collaborator. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, I am definitely more successful in pretty much any effort I do when I have the great, great brain trust of a wide, you know, variety of individuals and teams. Uh, you know, I think one of the things that I really adored and loved most about my time with Sierra Nevada Memorial Hospital Foundation was, you know, we were, I called us small but mighty, you know, I think the most staff we had, and we're a mixture of part and full time was eight, but um, everyone um, worked in a team spirit, you know, there. And you know, because, you know, you're, you're working with the foundation mm -hmm. right now as the falls prevention coordinator and doing a fantastic job with that, I have to just say. Thank you um, very much. <laughs> unsolicited, <laughs> um, I swear. Yeah, unsolicited. Um, but um, you know, and, and I don't mean that just with the foundation staff. I mean, I mean that also with, you know, the hospital staff and, you know, one of, you know, our greatest achievements um, and, you know, my my co-partner in crime and now executive director Sandra Barrington and I and Dr. Glenn Gookin and others um, at the hospital, you know, really um, uh, jumped onto a vision that Dr. Gookin had, and that was to create a family medicine rural residency program for our community. And to be very honest, when we started to have those conversations, I think everybody looked at us all like we were a little nuts until we got a major grant to be able to kick off, you know, the work on that. Um, so that was kind of, you know, our piece of the puzzle. And then, you know, they're getting to the point now they are, 
interviewing residents that will, you know, come into the program next year. It's very exciting. And how lucky we are in such a small community to have our own hospital and the work the foundation has done to fund uh, equipment and really necessary services. I don't think people really understand how much happens there. And we're not going to talk about that tonight <laughs> because you are not there anymore. But, but I did want to talk about the fact that you have a gift for building relationships and it seems like that was innate in you and understand and how important is that in this roles that you've taken on it's extremely important and to be very honest um you know allison layman who is the um, ceo at the county i think she would tell you that was probably one of the, the primary drivers for why i got you know hired in this position at the county and that is um really the um not 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 only the need, but really the desire to um, build, you know, relationships. And, you know, the new job that I'm taking on to create an economic development office, that's good to, that, that's not coming from one person. That's really going to be around collaborative relationships with the business community, with the nonprofit community, you know, within the county itself. And um, right now, quite frankly, I am having, you know, a ball really just, you know, getting out and talking to businesses and, you know, hearing their stories and understanding their challenges. And, um, you know, I think when you have those conversations that sometimes perhaps when you have had someone who, as an example, may have been um, frustrated with the county process in the past because, you know, if you've never been through some of those permitting and other processes, it, you know, it can be onerous. And while that's not my work, I don't do permitting at the county, you know, if I can help navigate people and, and help like them move from this is really frustrating to, wow, the county is really a wonderful place, you know, to, to, to work with them. So you have a title, which I, I think I botched a little bit. The exact title is? Program Manager Economic Development. And this position literally did not exist. So are you writing your own ticket? Are you figuring out what the community needs? And if so, what do you see as the community's need? So um, what I have done is um, I'm working within the um, county leadership and the county staff, and I actually um, work um, with um, the community development agency. I'm part of that agency. And um, my first kind of task was um, to um, work within the initiatives that were designed by the Board of Supervisors. Last January, this is where this really started, at their January workshop, they set economic development as a priority and they actually came up with um, some initiatives under that. So initially, it's to work through those initiatives that they've already set, but I have also was asked and have created um, a work plan internal document right now that's really kind of meant to get through this fiscal year, um, which is a July through June. Um, and in doing that, not only am I working with the county staff, but um, I've worked with partners in conversation like the Economic Resource Council, Sierra Business Council, um, Sierra Commons, and others to get input. And with within kind of the county, I actually have a team that's called the Economic Development Work Group. And so have run all of that, you know, by them. Um, but, you know, that's really just meant to kind of get things started. And um, I am really now 
trying to have a conversation as much as possible with business and with um, uh, you know, organizations like the Contractors Association, like the Chambers, um, like uh, was I met last week with the City of Grass Valley. I'm going to have a meeting soon with the um, City of Nevada City, and I'll, I'll go up and meet with Truckee as well. Um, you know, my dream, you know, uh, if I if I could have a dream for this job is that there would be uh, in the future a master plan of economic development, Nevada County master plan of economic development that really was a collaborative partner that um, maybe we try to drive out of this office but really um, includes the buy-in and the elements from all these various areas. You know, as an example, I know Nevada City is working on their own economic development work within the city, and well, they should. That's their that that's their arena. But let's bring it into the you know the countywide you know master plan, and let's have it be a collaborative effort that everyone feels a part of. So we hear the term economic development, and I've been around the Economic Resource Council quite a bit. But for the layperson, what does that even mean for the county? So, um, you know, the areas of economic development, really, you know, the simplest way I can, can describe it is things that will create, um, you know, wealth and enhancement and a, a better community for all. Um you know, we work with businesses. Um, you know, we want to work with businesses that um, want people who want to start a business. Like I'm talking with a couple right now that's up in Soda Springs. They've never had a business. They're looking at a business. Um, but there are businesses that want to expand. Um, Sierra Commons works with um, uh, with businesses that are, you know, um, you know, more incubator type of businesses. Um, Economic um, Resource Council kind of works with businesses that might be more established, but maybe need some areas of growth. Um, so our our job is to kind of create that that engine that brings wealth and success in our in our community. Um, I, I kind of call us the big vision, <laughs> you know, in a way. And I, I say that because sometimes you know we will kick off a you know kick off a particular project. An example right now, there's a South County area plan, you know, of what they want to do down in that region. Uh, so, you know, that vision of what that area plan is and what it looks like, um, you know, right now it's kind of both the economic development engine in it, which is let's look at this, what can we do, what can this become, you know, how can we, you know, ensure that this um, creates a vital, you know, area for our county. And then at the point where, you know, it actually becomes what I call the work, where, you know, they're talking about, you know, the actual putting things, and then it becomes more of a community development project. And why is it important? Well, you know, I think a lot of people, when they hear the word economic development, they think that, you know, what we're suggesting is we're going to make a really big community, and that's really not the case. We want a strong and vital community. We want a community that really can succeed in prosperous times, but is able to successfully manage through really challenging and difficult times, which we absolutely know our community has been through over the last few years. You know, look at what happened with a pandemic, you know, and honestly, I think that was an exceptional example of how, you know, outside funds like federal state funds combined with county funds combined with philanthropy 
really, I think, were a driver that helped many businesses survive. And while I know there were businesses that didn't make it, you know, through that time, there were a lot of businesses that survived and were important to our community um, because they had that assistance. And the, you're listening to The Sages Among Us. I'm Holly Grimaldi-Flores. My guest tonight is Kimberly Parker. And we are talking with Kimberly about her new role. One of the things in The Sages Among Us went years ago when they wrote a book, they would ask people they were interviewing if they thought this community was unique or special. And I'm wondering if you feel that it is. Oh, I absolutely feel it is unique and special. Um, you know, I have been here, you know, just a little over 22 years now, I think. I mean, I moved up when I took the um, job at the Hospital Foundation. And I'm still discovering things. Or there are things that I know, but I'm, like, gaining a, a, a deeper and deeper appreciation. And an example of that, you know, I think one of the best kept secrets, and I know Liam will appreciate my saying this in our community, is Curious Forge. Oh, so much so, yes. Absolutely. And so many people in our community don't know what it is, and it's a maker space. And why, number one, I just love it because um, I'm not very good at the crafting or the, the kinds of things. We actually had uh, an opportunity to go over there um, uh, last week, some of the leadership, and um, I'd been over there a number of times, but this time I actually got to do something, and it was the first time for me. I got to weld, yes. <laughs> if you can imagine, and I welded a frame together, And um, but it's it's a fantastic makerspace. It's probably one of the best makerspaces in California, and um, uh, I... I from just a personal point of view, love it. But makerspaces are becoming very big in this country around economic development. And so, you know, I'm also kind of curious about, can we be a maker city here? And what does that look like? Well, it's again, back to that collaboration, which seems to be the word of the evening. But it really does make a difference when different people can come together for one cause. And um, one of the other parts of your job, I know, is tourism. And I know that there are people who are saying, you know, pull up the ladder, don't let anyone else in. But how important is that to our economic vitality? Um, tourism's really important. Uh, and again, I don't think um, anyone is suggesting that we want to, like, open the floodgates and just let the world come in here. Um, but the fact of the matter is people are going to come here because we have fantastic trails. We have, you know, great um, lakes. We have wonderful downtowns and, and things like that. Um, so, you know, number one, we have um, really reinvented um, the GoNevadaCounty.com you know, go website. If you haven't been there, I call it the location to go through if you're wanting to visit this area, but a place to go to if you want to staycation or have friends and family coming because it really does highlight, you know, all the different kinds of things that there are to do. But one of the things that's been very important to all of us with that website that really is being built into our tourism rec and recreation um, piece, and that's the idea of um, uh, sustainable tourism and people taking care of, you know, our resources and our natural resources. Um, and that includes, you know, people at uh, our ambassadors at Trailheads who are talking to people before they go on trails and, and such. I think one of the complaints I've heard over the summer is that so many people are coming up to the river and there isn't any parking and then they're leaving trash. And so, yes, we want people to come, but we also want them to respect the area and then 
we kind of want them to go. We do. And, you know, another element that um, has um, the county's taken on this year, um, and uh, they have added a recreation component, um, Erica Seward, which a lot of people in our community know, um, has taken that role on. And it's not like, an, it's not like a city um, or a park district recreation department. Um, her job is really to work with the entities that already exist and um, primarily um, discover infrastructure needs. So if there is a trailhead um, and they need more parking, you know, what can the county do um, to help, you know, if it's an area that can accommodate more parking, as an example, what can the county do to help get the funding to make that happen? Um, Donner um, Summit, for example, you know, they have a plan. They want to do a visitor center, you know, up there. So she's looking at those pieces, and to that end, she is um, going to be putting together with a lot of um, community support and consultants and um, uh, agency and leader representatives uh, a master plan for recreation resiliency and so and again that's going to really highlight you know where are the places that the county um, itself can look to help things that you know already exist but maybe don't have the improvements they need because of funding and other needs well i'm guessing you've been at this job now two months two months two months already (laughs) a lot of discovery going on if you could wave a magic wand over one particular area what would you change Oh, you know, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I think I, I it, you know, maybe it's a mixture of change and um, add. And that is, I really um, think in some, you know, past circumstances, people like really avoided trying to work with the county, you know, and I really want them to understand that, you know, part of my role is to help them navigate through things. And so, you know, I really would say I want to change maybe the perception that there's no place really to go to get the help you need. Um, And you don't need to know all those places. But if you know, you call me, I can help get you connected to where you need to get connected. So I heard recently that when you ask the county for something, the first answer is always no. Would you agree with that? You know, I I don't, I don't, and I don't know the context of that. Um, I think, and I'm working, you know, within, you know, community development. That's what I'm around most. But uh, that's certainly not the attitude within that department. Um, But you know, has that maybe been a perception that was realized in the past? It can, but I think um, Allison Lehman in her, you know, role as um, CEO is really trying to uh, adjust and change some of that, you know, preconceived thought that honestly may have been there in the past, but hopefully it won't be there in the future. Well, and it's interesting because obviously the public has a very limited um, experience, right? Where you're going, you're paying your property taxes, or you're getting a marriage license, or you're getting a building permit. Mm-hmm. So the inner workings are really kind of cloaked to us, I would say. Um, so it's an interesting perception. But as part of the economic development, I would guess open door and open mind is much more important. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I'm working to understand and help people like not only achieve, but I have to understand the barriers too. Um, you know, I talked with someone, you know, one day and, you know, we were working them through a process and, you know, it, it wasn't so much a bad problem, but it was a lack, I think, of coordination that was going on between two different departments to get him what he really needed. And 
I think that that's a very simple thing to fix. And so I think as I talk to people and I do, I identify what some of those um, little f fixes can be that, you know, we'll see some of those things change and improve. Well, I have no doubt about it with you leading the way. We have about three minutes left. And with that time, I'm wondering if you have any thoughts that you want to share about leadership or civic engagement in the community in general. Um, I know it's very open-ended. That's a very open-ended question. Uh, I, I would just say, um, you know, leaders simply do. And, you know, that's been my success. Um, I used to have a mantra on my wall every year and until I realized that the one that um, really needed to stick for me um, that I had in front of my desk for years was just do it. Um, you know, uh, don't procrastinate, just do it. And I found when I, you know, was just doing things that, um, you know, a lot was getting accomplished. I think leadership is shared, though, too. I mean, I'm, I'm one of those people, again, going back to collaboration. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather work within um, uh, a core group of people to accomplish something and make something great. Um, I don't even remember what the second part of that question it was. It was just um, what did the community about the community in general and civic oh, engagement. Yes, important. you know, I, I, this is what I would say about that. Um, today, more than ever, I think we need people um, to start volunteering again. I think that was, um, you know, there there were you know really challenges, you know, obviously through the pandemic. But one of the biggest, I think, downfalls is you know because people didn't get out. So many organizations that use volunteers and others, you know, to do great work. Um, you know, they've really struggled. Um, just as an example from, you know, something I know, when I was um, at the hospital, very involved with the auxiliary, when I started the hospital, the auxiliary was 140 people. You know, they're wow. 40 people, 40 people now. And, you know, they really need volunteers. And it's not a big, you know, it's not a big commitment. And so I go back to, again, whatever your passion is, you know, whatever your love is, whether it's a one-time volunteer job, and you're like, like, I'm going to volunteer again, because I loved it with the toy run. It's one of the funnest things ever. So fun. Yeah. But it's like, you know, that's a one day thing. But whether you know, and I'm a Rotarian, so I have to always say, you know, whether it's Rotary or Seroptimist or something, getting involved with a service club is, is a great way to participate. But find whatever that is. And right now, more than ever, people need your participation. Yeah, I think um, we've got about 45 seconds. I would think that's very true. I see that in so many of the nonprofits that have relied on volunteers because so many were seniors and so many seniors aren't coming out. The other word I would say is that we need our young people to come up and step up. Yes, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, um, the, the people that are younger, they think they can't volunteer because they're working. But, you know, you can volunteer a couple hours a week on the weekend, you know, whatever. Um, but, yeah, we need to really grow that population again. I agree. I agree. I'm wondering where this is. I can't hear the sound. Oh, it's coming up slowly. We are... Uh Finishing up right now, my guest tonight was Kimberly Parker. I'm Holly Grimaldi-Flores. You're listening to KVMR, Nevada City.